that was a uh, that was a good time of communion. And uh, I wanted to say uh, some of the old hymns still work. Yeah. yeah. So, hallelujah, what a Savior. That just laid me out. <laughs> so, thank you for that. And there's some body life going on, which means this is good. The Spirit is stirring among us. When you have somebody come up, led by the Spirit, to pray over you because they know your pastor and he's a lot of prayer. No, it's just cool. It's just cool. And stuff like that. So, praise the Lord, right? Um, I had a number of things I wanted to say, but I'm not sure they're all that important at this point. Because when I was talking about everything that happened yesterday, there's no way to mention everybody. Okay, so let me just leave. I know people stayed late and worked, and there's a lot more uh, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff that can't possibly touch. But way to go, brothers and sisters. Very cool. We've been uh, trying to move ahead uh, in... in uh, well, how else do you put it? Setting things in order. That's what we've been doing. And, um, and as we were prepping, and I was uh, very strongly encouraged by our brother Derek uh, to preach on the book of Hebrews. And we will. Just not yet. Because we had a turn in the road as we were talking about leadership and, and feeling that we need to explicate, explain a little bit what that's all about it was suggested by some guy named Straight, which has nothing to do with my title, by the way. Keeping it straight. You all figured it out now. He suggested, you know, maybe Titus, and by golly, he was right. And just short book, three books. I, I probably won't need more than four years to get through it. Uh, I'm kidding. Before, no, stop that. Before the end of the year... And uh, then we'll, we'll shift over and have a good time with it, with uh, exegeting the Word of God. But uh, Titus was an appropriate thing, uh, and you'll see why as we look at it together. So what I'd like to do today is, um, I, I don't do this often every time, but I would like to do it today. If you have your Bible, to open it. If you don't have one, take the black one in the, in the seat and open to page 1193, 1193. 1193. But you're there. Are you there? Are you there? Then, then yikes. And uh, so here we go. Could we stand together as we read the Word of God? You know, true disciples recognize that this is the Word of God to us and that it is our authority. People's feelings can change, people's opinions can be wrong, but the Word of God is where we always gravitate back, the church that is confessing. Do you know what I mean when I say confessing? The orthodox, believing church always comes back to the authority of the Word of God. So what I'd like to do is read the first uh, six stanzas you read along with me. Uh, six stanzas, I know their verse. I know their, I know their verses. <laughs> I've been doing this for a while. Here we go. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the faith of those chosen of God. That's us. And the knowledge of the truth, which is according to godliness in the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, 
promised long ago, long ages ago, but at the proper time manifested even his word in the proclamation with which I was entrusted according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. For this reason I left you in Crete, that you would set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directly directed you, namely, If any man is above reproach, the husband of one wife, having children who believe, not accused of dissipation or rebellion. Isn't it funny? I'm going to stop right there. The word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God. Let's pray before we sit. I want to thank you that you have not left us in the dark, King Jesus. In fact, you you yourself are the light. And when you speak, you speak life. And I love this opening, the hope of eternal life. We who are chosen, we have the knowledge of the truth, how to live godly. And we have hope, expectation is what that means. Not I hope so, but expectation. Like, I hope to go home today and take a nap. I expect to do that, Lord. And I expect to see you in eternity. And all those who love you with me. That's the hope of eternal life. We praise you for this gift. And while we're working out our salvation in this world, you give us encouragements to help us on our way. Holy Spirit, help us today as we commend our way to your grace. In the great name of Jesus, we worship you. We worship you. That's why we've gathered today. In your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So I'm not going to preach probably a whole sermon today because our morning has been extremely full and extremely profitable already, don't you think? A very fine time together in giving glory to God. I love the body ministering to itself. It's a good thing as the Holy Spirit speaks through us. But here's my critical text. These are, this is out of the pastoral epistles. They're called the pastoral epistles because they're written to pastors. If you don't take anything else home, you just got it, right? Timothy, one of Paul's sons in the faith. Titus, one of Paul's sons in the faith. Titus, very interesting, as I was reading. He was the one that Paul sent to Corinth. One of the most messed up churches we know about. Everybody said, that's cool. (laughs) Anyway. And now Titus is being sent to Crete, which may have been running second or third on the list of messed up churches. He's got an assignment. Interim pastor. No, not interim. Intentional interim pastors coming in. Whap, whap, whap. So when you read, and here's my key verse, I want to just show it to you. I thought this is appropriate as we prepare for the installation of elders and new deacons. And when this verse is done, uh, my brother Ryan, you are so amazing. Oh, by the way, he found his true calling yesterday. He he is the midway hawker of harmony. Just give him a bullhorn and he's out of control. It was awesome. Anyway, for this reason, I left you in Crete that you might set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. That's all I need to point out right now. You might set in order. 
The word is straighten things out. Keep it straight. I was thinking, and I'm just going to give you this introduction, and then we're going to do some of this, if you will. Years ago, um, my kids were turned on to a song by a group called Fastball. Anybody? Who, who gets around? Anybody get around? You guys need to get out more. Okay, so some of the worship team knows who I'm talking about. They did a song called The Road, I think it was. And it's the one that goes, the road that they walk on is paved with gold. It's always summer. They never get cold. They never get hungry. They never get old and gray. The way. Close enough, the road, the way. What's the difference? Was that you? you s- Vince, you're amazing. The way. And I, 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 you know, my kids, we would sing in a car. The road that they met. The whole car, the van is going like this down there. They're always summer. They never get cold. The story is the parents decided one day they had enough. They pack up and they leave for California and leave. The, the children woke up and they couldn't find them. What? I thought, what would happen? When I first got here, um, I'm not going to mention any names, but Bill Nauta told me. Uh, <laughs> actually, there were two guys. Um, Brother Bays, if you remember Jim Bays, blessed Jim Bays, he, he was always coming up with these sick jokes. <laughs> and, and the only guy that's a runner-up is Bill Nauta, who's sitting in the back. And uh, I, I asked him yesterday, can you remind me of how that story went? Because he came to me one day and said, you know, I was reading these statistics about senior citizens. And by the way, some of those are true, right? They're true statistics. Wait a minute, I'm not done yet. And uh, about senior citizens, they're doing more moving in with each other and fornicating and sinning and all of this kind of. And it's like they don't get married and all that. And Bill says to me, I have one question. Where are the parents? Right? How many of you remember? You see the kids, they're crawling on the neighbor's cars and someone goes, where are the heck are the parents? And I still ask that because some of them are sitting right there. You know, they're like, anyway. But why is it we instinctively understand that if there isn't parental guidance, things are going to deteriorate. Anybody remember this book? Um, That one? Did you have to read it? Yeah. And the story is, these kids are crash-landed on an island with no parental government. That's a word that my son loved. He he attached to the word government. Because we had a brother that ministered to men one time, and he was talking about... You need to bring into your home. And by the way, men, I was thinking about men. men, men if you, you, got, you got time to go fishing, come read verses to Awanakits. Come downstairs and serve in junior church because the impact men and fathers have is profound. You don't realize. You don't realize. So don't keep putting it off. But anyway, that was a, that was a little shameless ad right there. You know. This is the kingdom, friends. This is about the kingdom. This isn't about our hobbies. This is about the kingdom. But we know instinctively what happens with that, with that story is no government, 
they reduce themselves to tribalism and barbarism, eventually murder. Because out of control, not keeping things straight, not having parental influence, adult supervision, I think that's another word, you know, things deteriorate. It's not an accident that the scripture talks about the church as the household of God. It's a family system. It's a family. And as a family, we need government. I didn't finish my story about my son, you know. We'd be at a restaurant and some kids throwing food, you know, and everything. Dad, that child needs government. I'm like, yeah, uh, duh, that's right, Tim. They need government. And you know what government means in our household, right? Yes, Dad, we understand. <laughs> Here's what it says in the scripture. In case I'm delayed, Paul says in the other pastoral epistle, I want people to know I'm writing so that they know how to conduct themselves in the what? The household, the oikos. It's the word, it's the word for a household, a family. Anybody remember that? Song. I mean, now it sounds kind of corny, but I'm so glad I'm a part of the family, right? Washed in the blood and all that. Yeah, some of us remember, but the, uh, you get it. The household of God, what is that? The church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth, the stake God has, the plan A with no plan B that he has on the planet. I never can get it out of my craw how people despise the church. I know they make mistakes. I know, you know why they're full of, you said it, not me. That's why we blow things. The household of God. We are called, in fact, the language further on in Titus, which we'll get to, not today, about Elders is that they are to be house stewards. It's the word for a house steward, the person that the master leaves in charge to run the company, the house steward. It's a household issue. We talk in this passage about leaders, elders, they're kind of the parental role, but it's not limited to them. But I'm just trying to point out that that's where we're going, that we want elders who eld. Well, that's not right. Yeah, eld, yeah. That they're, you know, where are the parents? Well, they're here, I hope. I have been very careful about our history. I'm sometimes less careful than I should be, maybe. But I don't think that making believe things didn't happen is healthy. I just don't. And um, we lost all of our elders. I've been careful to express love for those brothers. But I have also been very clear that having the parents leave for California was not a good thing. May God never allow that to happen again. And so we want to work on adding to our team, and I believe more are in the wings, because God is somehow working with us and putting things straight. It may help us to do so. So that's the issue of leaders. And let me just mention one more thing on the household thing, and then I'm going to kind of brings things around full circle. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control. Oh, I'll come back to that next time. Woo! I had a funny story. I don't have time for it today. But here's the point. He manages his household because there's a parallel between home and home. Right? There's a parallel. That's why that 
is set in place. But God, who looked at the void of creation and started to bring order out of chaos, is a God of order. We're living in more and more chaos in our generation. We don't like authority. We have trouble with that kind of stuff. It adds to the chaos. God says, make it go the other direction. You may recognize this verse out of 1 Corinthians 14, which is keeping people behaved when they use their spiritual gifts. God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Peace comes out of order. In fact, the word is the parallel to the Hebrew word shalom. Shalom means well-being, peace, and order in your inner spirit that gives you that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When the Holy Spirit gives you the peace that surpasses comprehension, when you're up against something bad and you're distressed, and the Holy Spirit... Ever had that happen? I remember one time we were confronting a person who was having an affair. We, we, we literally, I took this business so, so, so seriously, we, we did a stakeout. What kind of a pastor is he? One who means business, that's what. And we, we were, I mean, I was, I, I don't like fights. Anybody here like getting in a fight? I was scared to death, and I remember the elder with me prayed over me, and all of a sudden, it was like oil. The peace, the shalom of God just came on me. I said, hey, what's going on? It didn't go quite like that, but it was... Hey, what's going on? The peace, the shalom. God wants not confusion, but shalom in his assembly. Sometimes we make mistakes. We have to fix them. Sometimes things aren't clear. We have to try to make it clear. When something's out of order, put it back in order. I want to take time today to do that because last week, I know, uh, Sunday morning was a blessing to some of us. And it was distressing to some of us. Just being candid. I've gotten enough feedback. Probably the second hardest week I've had at Harmony was this last week. So the way to solve that and the way to deal with it is straight up front. Set things straight. Okay? So for those for whom it was distressful, um, uh, because our brother Coloer, you know that he's been on the team here. And uh, he came on and manifested a preaching gift and hit two phenomenal home runs right out of the park. And then last week shared, and there was some confusion and distress. So I've asked David to come on up as part of my message here, make a statement to you, and uh, see if we can't set things straight so that we're not in any confusion. Thanks for coming, bro. He's going to use that one. All right, this is, uh, yeah, yeah, odd. Um, but I take this calling serious. And in my passage that I had spoke on this past, uh, this past Sunday, one of the things is you have to die to yourself. And I tell you what, standing before you, I'm definitely dying to myself. Because I am not a man of apology. Uh, 
I do not apologize for my message, but I do want to apologize for allowing my passion to contort what I was trying to relate and correlate to you. Um, yesterday, uh, the pastor and I had a uh, three-hour <laughs> meeting uh, because whenever he had called me, he said, he said, hey, Dave, we got to do damage control. And I said, I'm not about to stand before the congregation and apologize for my beliefs. I said, if that's what you're asking me to do, I'm going to go out the door. And after uh, three hours of going back and forth, um, we were able to finally see where this needed to come around. And it was in regards to how passionate I am about us not folding to society because it's everywhere. And I also told him, I said, he, he, he said, you know, there's a lot of anger. I said, well, uh, I said, well, unfortunately, I was sexually assaulted by a homosexual. He grabbed my throat, pinned me up against the door, and tried to, and tried to go ahead and have his way. But whenever I talk about I take this job seriously, this calling seriously, I'm trying to come around and remove that, that, that gray because I want to be able to love them because I do love them. I just do not love their sin. And so, again, I'm dying to myself to stand here and apologize for my passion contorting my message. So I humbly ask for your forgiveness for that peace. So, thank you. Whenever it sounds like people are um, the enemy is what we don't want. And that's why we had to talk about it. And his passion, how come I'm echoing? Uh, that's what we wanted to address. And, if, and now my brother has put himself before you and said more than I thought he would say about some of his background. Helps us understand where we come from. Helps us understand where we need to grow. And uh, he's a, I believe there's a call on his life. And we want to nurture that and move him ahead. And so it's up to the body now how you want to respond. Uh, if, if you were wounded, uh, forgiveness. If you need to talk to Dave, do it. If you need to talk to me with Dave or talk to me again, whatever is necessary is appropriate. And uh, if you got some edification last week, which I think some did, then so be it. And uh, whatever's right is right. What I've been concerned about, what I've been trying to work on at Harmony and what I think will set Harmony apart from other churches if we get it straight is that um, Christians have done enough damage by the condemning, hostile, we're right, you're stupid type of approach. And I can't 
right now because I didn't know exactly totally how Dave was going to say that. I don't want to have to unpack it because our time is running out. But the point is, we need to be winsome. Jesus was this character who had all the worst kind of people around him. They loved to be around him. They didn't really dig being around the church people. You might have noticed that if you read it. And we want to be like him. That's the point. And uh, my brother sharing how he's, he's moving in that direction, dealing with where he's been wounded. And we all have wounds, and we all have places where we have certain people in our minds. I'd like to say I'm free of this. I'm not. That I think, oh boy, those kind of... Hey. Right? God is constantly in the business. There that goes. Constantly in the business of tweaking us. I really appreciated... Um, Steve's comment when he said, I didn't make it through a month. And I thought, he's disqualified as an elder. He didn't, he didn't make, right? If we're really honest and on our game, we don't make it through the day, do we? I got torqued during the day. I've had this bigoted attitude during the day. I had this thought come to my mind, something I shouldn't have dwelled on, whatever it is. If we're really in touch with who we are, we know that we need the grace of God working in our lives all the time. So, I just thought it was better to put it on the table. I know historically our church tends to, and I got this report when I came here, sweep it onto the carpet, make believe it didn't happen, and move on. And when you do that, guess what? It will most assuredly come back and bite you somewhere. Most assuredly. And I don't want that on my watch. I want to see us go forward. Set things straight. May God honor and bless it, okay? Any questions? Okay, thank you, folks. You guys are awesome. Would you stand with me as we ask God's favor on this assembly? Well, Lord, for sure we know none of us fully gets it. Lord Jesus, you're the only one on the planet when you were here that walked perfectly. You were the only one who could say to the Pharisees, which of you convinces me of sin? You're the only one. And uh, then there's the rest of us. Thank you that you rescued us. Thank you that we're on a journey. Thank you that our growing goes from this point to that point. Step by step, we make progress and we go forward and your favor fills us and improves us. I bless your name. If we have grown in you, Lord, I know for me and others in this room, we can say thank you that I have come so many miles from where I started. So many miles. You've cleaned this out of my life. You've changed that. You've given me grace in this. You've given me family members, a household that's bigger than I had before. So many things you've done. If you're working your redemption in us, we rejoice in it. And, Lord, continue working redemption, starting today. I believe what just happened is a defining moment for our church, how we're going to do stuff. The old way, let's have Rose, pe- let's have Rose Preacher over lunch. Boy, he really blew that, this or that or the other thing. Or, you know what, we're going to speak life to each other and press into our corporate household redemption and start looking more and more like Jesus. 
Thank you for that. What a great trip to look more like Jesus, especially in this world. I will say this one last thing, God. I know my brother was simply trying to encourage our people, just as all of us would want to say, we're on the team, Jesus. We want to do your will. We're willing to get up and follow you and not waffle back and forth. And that's appropriate for us as saints. Help us to do it. Well, thank you in the great name of Jesus for what you're doing, what you're initiating, what you're working behind the scenes that we don't even see. Holy Spirit, come upon this assembly. In the name of Jesus, we pray and all of God's people said, amen Amen and amen. I kept you to the last minute. Go get your kids. And if you're going to prayer meeting, let me know.